Welcome to the 1K Mom Podcast. This is episode number 21. the 1K Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Fleming, founder of the 1K Mom Tribe. This is a movement of women who are building a business and raising a family and doing both well. Let's do this. Hey, 1K Moms. Thanks for joining. Today, we've got Lisa with us. Lisa, will you take a hot minute and just share with us a little about who you are and your business, your family life, all that good stuff? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Katie. I am a life coach specializing in productivity and organizing, which is a big fancy way, I guess, about the simplest way I could come up with to explain that um, I actually put a Venn diagram out on my Instagram so everybody could understand. It's a little bit life coach, a little bit professional organizer, a little bit productivity coach. All together, it means somebody who helps you focus on your life in a way where you can take your values, start with those, and then simplify, simplify, and just become more productive in a very value-based way. That's, that's me in a nutshell. And I'm a mom of two awesome kids that I'm uh, hoping are going to be quiet for our chat. And <laughs> but they're, they're great ages now, uh, 10 and 7, boy and a girl. And uh, yeah. So um, I'm doing the the business mom thing for for all of you listening out there who are doing that too. I give you mad props. Yeah. And as we're talking, we've got like children. I mean, mine are at my door. Mine's coloring in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And you were trying to make sure your son shut shut your door before we started this. So no. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just rolling with it. Totally. So my first question for you is, I love how you totally weave in this whole like life coach and organizing and the whole full circle approach. So how did you end up establishing that or getting to that point where you said, oh, I want to do like kind of combine all of these great things? Wonderful question. It was uh, definitely an organic process that actually came from my own needs. Um, So I'll back up a little and tell you that when I was pregnant with my son, he's my firstborn, this was spring of 2007, I moved my mom in with us and she had Alzheimer's. So I was caring for her and pregnant with him. I had him and then had my daughter as well during this time of caring for her. Oh, and it's still it's still difficult to talk about because I'm a very positive person and there were so many blessings that came from that. But I do need to acknowledge it was a very, very difficult time. And during that time, it was survival mode. And I think that's something that that a lot of people can resonate with, uh, that idea of just, just trying to survive. And that's what I was doing. I let go of all the non-essentials and even some of the essentials. I, you know, I was just trying to make it day to day and I was trying to give as much as possible to my mom, to my husband, my dear, wonderful husband who always took a back seat during this time. And of course, my two children who were so, so little at the time. And uh, the effects in my house, the effects for me when, um, my mom did finally pass on and, uh, you know, I was kind of looking around and taking stock. It, the effects on our home were, I don't even know how to describe it. I just call it like a lot of chaos and clutter. It was very difficult to navigate. 
uh, bins of, of paperwork that I hadn't gotten to. And I mean, everything that you could kind of imagine when someone says, oh, I need a professional organizer, right? Uh, really just these, it was a life event that turned us upside down, physically and emotionally and financially. And um, the process that I took of sort of coming out of that, of healing, of understanding these big life lessons that I had learned about what's really important. I mean, I was thankful that I hadn't gotten sicker, you know, that I, that I was still able to kind of come out of it and truly heal. I was thankful to have done this for her, but survived and, and that we now had time as a small family unit to live. I was, there was so much that I was thankful for and I, I started to explore it. I took care of myself. I, I really, you know, self-care came back to me again and I understood how it wasn't optional. It was so necessary. And, um, you know, I, I read and, and listened to thought leaders and explored gratitude and found that to be so incredibly healing. Uh, and then I also started to physically organize our home and in a new way, understanding what was really important to us and how we wanted to live and that the stuff was not what it was about, right? Mm -hmm. Just clearing space, really clearing space in my heart and my head and my home. And as I was doing this, it affected my family as, as well as me. And I was so taken with how healing it was. And, and how just easier things became, you know. And, of course, part of that is, you know, us all sort of growing into this together and the children getting older. And, you know, it was, it was just – it was a whole process, but that exploration had such an impact, especially the decluttering and, and, and releasing things and making space that I, I just said, okay, um, now that I've figured this out, I need to do it for others. And I became a professional organizer from there. Oh my gosh. I just love that story. <laughs> Thank you. So when you started to declutter and make space for things that mattered the most to you, yeah. what kind of like residual effects did you see in your life in all areas? Well, first of all, and, and again, it started with the physical. I started as a professional organizer and immediately knew that I would be, you know, I was, it's a coaching process and that there's so much emotion involved. And, and that's how I grew into what I am today. But that physical part, if you think about when you clean out a closet, when you clean out a junk drawer, when you rearrange your pantry, think about like how much lighter you feel. Or I think about that energy and like how you kind of walk by it and you're like, Oh, look at that. It's so nice and organized. You know, <laughs> you did your linen closet and you're like, I'm, I'm just going to go get a towel now. Let me look, you know, like, yeah. You, you sort of revel in that that calm, that peace of it, and and it's, it really um, it struck me how much that that affects you emotionally, and yeah. there really is an absolute connection between that the physical and the mental. And so it's so bizarre how it right? how that's true. <laughs> it's so 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 true. I mean, you you said yourself right with uh, with yeah your boxing up right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So like we have this window bench in the back of our house. When we bought the house, we said, oh my gosh, this would be so cute with some cute, like um, just refinishing it, making it look nicer. Cause it was this nasty floral, but it was a, an adorable window seat that I had always wanted. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, we'd never fixed it up until like two or three months ago, right before we sold the house. And, um, 
And it's just so funny. We refinished it. I say we, but it was my dad that came over and stapled the fabric and everything. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, like the next day, like the girls are getting up on there and they're playing, they're sitting there reading books, they're eating snacks up there. I was finding myself doing my morning quiet time sitting up there. And it was like something we had never sat in our entire time living mm-hmm. here. Interesting, right? Right. You're, you're drawn to that. And, and that reminds me of, you know, I mean, because this is an ongoing process, right? It's okay. It's not like it's a one and done. You, you keep exploring, you keep adjusting your space. And um, I notice it to this day when I rework an area to, to make it work better for us. Because, I mean, we do, we grow and change, right? So our, our needs change. And so then the approach can change. Um, when I do something like that, especially when it comes to the uh, ever ever growing, ever fluctuating arts and crafts area for the kids, oh, right? Yeah. Okay. But every time I do that, what's the first thing they want to do? Play. Go go create something, right? So I truly believe. So yeah, I would say the effects in in my home were that. It, it calmed us more. It took away the stress. It, um, it made us want to interact and, and, and create. And, you know, you, you tend to want to, I think, do more. And I don't mean like be more active, do more, but like be in that moment and explore the space or, you know, it allows you to maybe have family time or like you mm-hmm. said, you know, just really enjoy that area that you'd envisioned. And I also noticed that uh, it helped us work together better because mm-hmm. especially when you have kids making it a, a space, a process easy so that they can help out and they can mm-hmm. be involved is huge. Um, it takes the pressure off of everybody. Suddenly the chores were easier. You know, suddenly the delegation's easier. So. I mean, when everything has a home, it's so much easier for your four-year-old or however old they are to, to know where things go and put them back. Absolutely. I mean, we've been living this out for the last month or so. Uh, since the last time you and I talked, yeah. I've been, we've been totally living this out just because we're getting our house list ready and on the market and all that stuff. And it's just crazy how, um, you, we pared things down to what we deemed essential, like the things we need for the next month. And really like, there's not, there's a ton of stuff we just don't need. It's sitting in the garage right now. And I'm sitting here thinking it's not going into our next house, you know, because we've just come to love the simplicity of the way it looks right now and how easy it is to pick up at night because, you know, decor is at a minimum. We don't have a bunch of random things and we have the things that bring us joy and we have the toys that matter the most to my girls and they play with them more because there's less of them. It's just so interesting. Right. And you see, I love that phrase right there, that the things that bring you joy. And that to me is like the ultimate goal. The ultimate thing that I, I, I try to help people do is stop and think what's really lighting you up, what's bringing you joy. So it's really, when I say decluttering and, and we talk about that, it's never about getting rid of stuff. It's about focusing on what's truly important and making space for what's truly important. So how do we begin to define what those things are? Well, I usually like to start with core values, which is this wonderful phrase that people say, but they're like, what exactly is that? And there are a number of quizzes out there. I actually have a a worksheet that I um, help people use, but the best way that I can describe it is when you look back on your life, on, you know, the various things that you've done, the moments that you've had, and you stop to think about 
what really lit you up, what, you know, caught fire, what you are so incredibly proud of, which just, you know, it, you can't help but do it. It's like, it's, it's sort of the essence of who you are. And it's the same kind of exploration that people do when they're searching for a passion in terms of what they want to do, maybe, you know, for a career, whatever. I mean, all of these things intersect and, and overlap. So when you're exploring that and you figure out, you know, those things, like when you're, you know, absolutely sort of, you're in your zone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a book I love, The, the Big Leap, uh, and uh, The Zone of Genius, this idea that you, and it just exactly what it sounds like, you are in the zone. So when you think of those moments and what they relate to and what's extremely important to you and what you take pride in, and there are, are questions and ways that you can figure that out, but you will come to these set of core values um, and the things that like um, are truly meaningful to you in terms of who you are and how you interact with the world. And for example, helping, helping people, that's like my jam, right? Uh, Integrity and education are also huge. Mm -hmm. So I sort of become a little bit of, I'm not only helping people, but I'm teaching because it's very important to me that people have, you know, there's a, there's a transference of skills and understanding and there's been a joke like, well, that doesn't that, you know, get you out of a, you know, eventually, you know, people outgrow you. And I'm like, then I did my job, you know, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Right. Cause so yeah, it's um, those kinds of things. Uh, it's, does that make sense? I mean, yeah. I was, my next question was going to be, how do you, like, can you give me an example of how that translates those core values, how that translates into your space and your life integrity? Um, what was it? Transparency. Was that the other one? Uh, um, well, I, education. Um, I mentioned integrity, uh, helping people, you know, yeah. um, and, and all more words. I mean, eventually you want to kind of hone it in and see where they overlap. But there's another part in there, um, uh, words when I recently did it, because I recommend doing this kind of thing over and over again, looking at different words, seeing where you are in your life and the season of your life because mm-hmm. it can change. And like wonder and awe are words that come up for me a lot as well. So I think that that the way that all pulls together is that I like to teach people, but I like to do it in a really authentic way. Um, that's where integrity plays for me, like uh, figuring out um, much of what I've done and how I've developed my business comes from me thinking, what would I want? And what am I sick of hearing out there? And, and I'm very real with people. What you see is absolutely what you get. <laughs> it's never a, you know, you meet me in person and you're like, yeah, that's what I thought you were like. I mean, so um, all these things kind of, I think they're what I would call like the filter through which you make the decisions as to how you're going to make the next move or make mm-hmm. the next decision. That makes sense. That makes total sense. So when you start working with people and organizing their homes, what are those first couple, do they ever have pushbacks? And like, what are those first one or two things that that they're just struggling to kind of get past? Well, at this point, um, much of what I do in terms of working with people in their homes is usually part of the productivity coaching process. I actually consider the organizing a bit more of a tool now to my coaching. Mm -hmm. But either way, I think the first thing is, is really the, um, in the classic sense, I guess I would answer that with the, well, I might need this or not really maybe 
so yeah, there's some a practical side of those um, pushbacks of I might need this or my family is is not so keen on letting go of these things or how do I handle this? So there's all that kind of stuff. But I think stepping even further back, and this is kind of where the coaching came in, I would say you're not actually ready to make decisions yet because we need to step back and figure out what are your values? What does your family value? What are you looking to achieve and, and what's working and what's not working? Because Mm -hmm. at some point it's really all about deciding first. It's about saying, okay, we want to live in a way where we, it doesn't take up that much time to pick up around us. And we want to be able to have family game night in this room or have our family meals, or I want a space where I can work and, and, you know, grow my business and help others or whatever it is that you're, you're looking to do. You know, if that's why I I don't actually have an like an amount of things you're supposed to have or anything. There's no formula. There's no formula. That's the that's the key. I think I want to share that the most with people. And I'm like, if somebody's telling you there's a formula, (laughs) you're you're, you're buying some goods that are not going to help you. It's like this is not right. That's that's where the integrity comes in. I'm like, no, wait, let's step back and talk about this. There's no formula because. It matters what you want to do, who's on board with what, how much space you have, how much stuff you have, and how it all works together. Mm-hmm. Because if it's working for you, you don't need my help. Yeah. Right? Who, is, who is it that wears the same clothes every day to make less decisions? Is that, oh, Steve Jobs. Is I that was right? Say Steve Jobs. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, Zuckerberg did, did that as well. Uh, I mean, that's one thing I've noticed is when there's less stuff around, there's less decisions to make, like even these these micro decisions that we're not even aware of. Have you noticed that at all? Absolutely. And what you're speaking to, see, here's the productivity nerd side, which I absolutely (laughs) love. You're talking about, you know, the the fatigue that happens Mm -hmm. to our brains. Micro decisions, absolutely. And the more, the more stuff that we have, there's such a thing as analysis paralysis, we have too many things to choose from. We all love to say that we, we we love variety, right? We love to have options. But believe you me, when you have too many, you're just like, you know, you got 32 flavors of ice cream and yeah. we mostly pick vanilla and chocolate, mm. right? It's true. Chocolate for me. But, um, I'm yes, right there with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's, there's, there's, you know, you get paralyzed when you have too much, uh, um, too many decisions. There's, so many opportunities, especially in today's society, for overwhelm. Yeah. And you're right. Um, the more that you can simplify certain things, uh, even though it seems as though at first blush that you're, you know, removing your options, like even with the clothing, oh, you know, I, you know, I want to be able to have those red shoes or whatever. And, you know, maybe when we're talking about it, if they're that meaningful and you do wear them, well, then you keep them. Yeah. But uh, this actually plays into one of my favorite rules of productivity, the 80-20 rule or the Pareto principle. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was an Italian economist who realized that there was this ratio happening in the world. First, it was within economy and with, um, you know, people who owned land, they noticed that, you know, 80% of the land was owned by 20% of the people. Then he noticed even in the garden, um, 20% of the pea pod plants gave you 80% of the pea pods. And you could start to see this ratio in life everywhere. 
80% of your sales will come from 20% of your customers. Hmm. And it, maybe it's not exactly 80-20, but the ratio is pretty close. And 80% of what you wear is probably 20% of your closet. Hmm. So that's a right? Great place yeah. to start to hone down the closet. So see how they all play together? <laughs> you see those wardrobe wardrobe boxes right there? Yes. <laughs> That's the part of my closet I don't wear that I'm still keeping. So we're going to work on that. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's like layers of an onion. You just keep going. You're already in a great mindset. And then, you know. You know, it's so funny. Since the last time we talked, we talked about, you know, purging and just cleaning up and getting mm-hmm. rid of things, being kind of like a muscle. Yes. And I told my mom that because she was having the hardest time getting rid of just, you know, like smock dresses from when I was three years old Mm. that are just stained. They're just nasty. Just needed to go. And my dad, of course, was like going through things, just chucking it. He's like, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. And my mom, she, (laughs) I just told her, I said, stop looking. Like we were just telling her, just don't even look (laughs) because it's gone. But you know, like my dad is just funny. He'd call me and he'd say, convince your mother that we don't need to keep this. And I'd have to talk to her. And I just said, mom, it's a muscle. Just get in the habit. Just start throwing little things away. And sure enough, I went over yesterday or someday and I was, and she had this big section of things she was getting rid of. And I looked at her and she goes, it just got easier. I don't know. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I love that you, you took that and, and, and helped her out with it. You're absolutely She's right. So it was something I was going to bring up. And that is why, so, you know, there's so many great books out there uh, that inspire people. Marie Kondo was a big mm-hmm. inspiration for many people. And uh, the place that she says to start is with clothing. Why? Because it's not this emotional hang up. Maybe a few things are, but for the yeah. most part, your closet that you're currently wearing, I'm not saying start with your children's baby clothes, you know, but it's right. yes, wherever you can start where you don't have such an attachment can make it a lot easier for you. And so, yeah. Yeah, and you build the muscle. You absolutely do. It gets easier and easier and, and success breeds success, right? Because then when you clear out something and you're like, this is awesome, <laughs> then you know, okay, let's do more. Then you want to do more and get excited. I mean, I love the parallels between this and business because even in business, like if you can just start your day with some tiny wins that just snowball effects into the rest of your day being successful. So I totally see how this productivity, life coaching, organization thing totally goes. Right. They all blend because then we start talking about chunking your time and about um, another favorite book. I'm going to talk about many favorite books, but another one that I absolutely love, it was the most encouraging one I feel like I've ever read, The Slight Edge by Jeff. Right. And I just love this idea of the compound effect where it's like, it's okay if you have 10 minutes to do something. As long as you're doing the right thing in those 10 minutes and you do it each and every day or, you know, consistently in whatever way that you can, I promise you, it doesn't seem like it at the time and in the moment, but when you look back, you'll see it. It, Yeah. And that's absolutely something that I, I take to heart in business. And I think for all the moms, you know, who have days like we both did right today with with the, oh, this did not go as planned. I was, you know, you know, my daughter was Velcroed to me with a fever today. So my sitter canceled on me on account of flu. So it was a fun day. Yeah. I gotta (laughs) love this. Where are you spring? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So given that we have to be able to roll with that, but the good news is um, when you chunk down what you need to do 
and you do a little at a time and you're doing it consistently. If you have a fluky day where you can't, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not so bad because you've been consistent. If you only have a little bit of time, you know how to utilize that time now better. And it's not so bad. You can be like, okay, what are the, you know, um, the, the priorities of the day that'll really push me forward and then just drop everything else and don't even worry about it. So, so let's talk about that. Like just the little by little progress. And yeah. um, I mean, something uh, as big as organizing your home and organizing like your things and all that stuff. How realistic do we need to be with ourselves? Cause I'm sure there are a lot of perfectionist moms out there listening like me where, you know, one Saturday I got on Pinterest and it said, organize your house in a day. And I got all excited and started like not strategically going through my home. And it just overwhelmed me, frustrated the heck out of my husband. Like how can we kind of set ourselves up for success to to do this? Yeah, that's such an important point that you're making because there is this realm of where we get so excited that it, it's, um, we can make things worse when we intended, you know, on something much more positive kind of reminds me a little bit about when we say, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to the gym five days a week. Mm-hmm. And how long does that last? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there, there's actually most my, I would say most frequently my school of thought is to pace yourself. That That's my big thing. Just because as moms, we have so much going on that I think that's important. That being said, there are a few instances where if you carve out a big chunk of time, you can do a massive project that will get you, you know, further faster. Like one of the things that I do, and it's about, so the one package that I still have that I, I use primarily for organizing, because I found it to be the best tool and the best support for those that I coach is an organizing intensive. And that's where we do a full day of organizing. But even that, and I think you, you were getting to this point of, well, how much does that really take care of? And I will tell you in a day, that would be like one space, potentially one room. And it depends on the room and how dense it was with, with stuff. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, well, so with the exception of like the intensive, when you carve out a big chunk of time, when you have help, when you have a babysitter, you know what I mean? When you can really focus and you're very clear on that space and what you want to use it for. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. all of that plays a part. You can't just go willy nilly. Like I'm just going into the guest room and I'm decluttering this. And then, you know, things are flying and boxes are everywhere. And then, you know, by the end of the day you're exhausted and you're like, Ugh, and then it's worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it really has to be uh, a specific and very clear goal for the space. And I think with the proper help, Absolutely. Otherwise, for most of us in our lives, for me, what I do for myself and my family is a um, pacing ourselves, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And doing smaller projects or, you know, a space where you know for a few hours that you can pull things out, but you have it ready to put it back so it's not like, yeah, 
in your way and, and just making things worse. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, one of my goals, and it's not really one of those smart goals because you can't really measure it, but it's to simplify our household. And that's not only in the things that we have around us, but in the way we operate, the way just systems and stuff like that. And we've got 12 months in a year. So I've just been kind of breaking it down. Like let's this month, maybe handle the financial side of it. Mm-hmm. And then this month, let's handle the meal planning side of it. But, you know, just trying to simplify, for instance, meal planning, just not going over the top with like Pinterest meals that send me to the store with 20 different ingredients that I don't have. And I'll probably never use again. Yep. And just really like keeping the meal simple, keeping our ingredients simple, just going to those one or two grocery stores that bring me the most joy, Trader Joe's and Costco, and then let the rest be whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's so smart. See, okay. And I'm going to, I might argue the point that there are smart goals. I'll get to that in a minute, but, but um, what you're talking about in terms of that simplicity, I think that's another part of the pacing yourself. Like when you go back to this idea of organizing certain spaces, I've never been one to try to help people toward that Pinterest goal, because I don't think that's, I don't think it's realistic for so many reasons. Um, and it could be any number, but it, that, then again, it goes back to your values. Yeah. Now, if you have, a, you, if you value visual beauty, this may be important, but then that will mean there are certain other decisions you'll have to make that'll be different. Mm-hmm. But in terms of pacing yourself, uh, the brilliance of that is that you can start by truly decluttering and simplifying what you have and then just use any boxes or bins. And then over time, the next project can then be to like upgrade the organization of it. You know what I mean? So that's a way that you can pace yourself. And then as far as like, right, the the Pinterest uh, meals and things like, yes, exactly. You want to, again, going back to really what's important to you is getting a meal on the table so you can all sit and chat, most important. Or is the, you know, the gourmet meal most important? There actually may be some who listen to this where that is. Yeah. It's a value to them. There you go. For me, I love to work with uh, another way, another way to find a value that just came to me uh, that I often recommend. Uh, The five love languages. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Okay. Wonderful for your children as well as your spouse and your other relationships. Knowing that my children care far less about the food I make and most of the time don't even eat the fancy stuff that I make. I can let that go. I can Mm -hmm. let that go easily and, you know, make a sandwich or have cereal night and just make sure that we're sitting down to talk because that's, what's really important is having that time. Cause that's when I hear all the good stuff. <laughs> for a family meal. The that's when I get time. Yeah. Right. All the gossip from school. That's when that's when it happens. That's when it gets good. So <laughs> yeah. So it's far less important, except for, you know, spaghetti and meatball nights for my my daughter because that's really important to her. So yeah, when you start to understand for those that you love and for yourself what's really important, that's when you can start to more easily simplify and make those decisions. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. We can go on and on about this standard that we just, as moms, we've kind of held ourselves to, and it's just a ridiculous standard that doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's Elsa time to let it go. But I love, I love how you kind of just, you really focus on what the values are and what brings joy because everything else doesn't matter. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's, it all starts with your life and, and how you want to live it. You, you know, somebody who has wanderlust and, and they want to go traveling in an RV with their family, completely different needs and different decisions and different organizing and different processes and all of that than someone who wants the, the white picket fence in the yard with the dog and, you know, a dining room with the big family meals. Do you know what I mean? It's like, right. and neither of those, that's, it's all good. It's what's good for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Well, this has been an incredible conversation and we could go on forever, (laughs) (laughs) but we won't because that's not productive. (laughs) It's not. But if you are listening to this and you're like, man, Lisa's got a good voice. She was a radio personality people. (laughs) She's a pretty big deal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of a big deal. (laughs) Yes. Well, Lisa, tell us, tell the audience where they can connect with you. Uh, you can connect with me in a bunch of places. If you are on Facebook, you can find me at Facebook Positively Productive. If you're an Instagram person, I'm at Positively underscore Lisa. And of course, my website, PositivelyProductive.com. It's got, uh, you know, my bio and all kinds of uh, different information and places that you might have heard me. And I would love to hear from anybody. I'm always happy to have conversations. They're my favorite. And Katie, this has been such a pleasure. I'd love so to do fun. it again. <laughs> well, let's ask you the final four questions we ask yeah. all 1K moms on the show. Okay. So what is that book you recommend the most? The one I recommend the most is Essentialism Ooh. by Greg McCone. Yeah. And I like that because it's not this concept of minimalism essentialism is different it's it's the do less but better it's Mm. it's really it goes to the heart of the matter of what i believe which is that value-based approach to productivity yeah and what's what are you looking forward to reading next Ooh, i'm right in the middle i've just begun a chris bailey's a life of was it a life of productivity or or is that his website? It's uh, the author is Chris Bailey. And I love it because he has done all these experiments. He's been his own guinea pig on all these concepts of what it is to be productive. You know, whether you're meditating every day or you're exercising or you're not, or you're totally quiet and you're not talking to people or, you know, it's like he's tried all these different things and, you know, he gives, uh, a realistic portrayal of what he's discovered with them. And, and I love that because it's, it's real and it debunks a lot of stuff and, and he just, he, it, it's, it's just good stuff. I love it. Yeah. And this is a side note that could take us down a whole nother 20 minute conversation, but I think that productivity, productivity and these tactics are not a one, one five. Blah, 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 cannot talk. A one size fits all for everybody. You know, exactly. I may not be a 30 minute meditator, but five minutes praying would be great, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Promise not to go down the rabbit hole. I will just say yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So much. Yes. And that's really what I do as a coach is I kind of, I I pull from you to say, Hey, what's your deal? Because for some people I'm like, you know how you're going to meditate? You're going to take a walk Mm -hmm. because you need to be physical. Yeah. Or you need to have guided or no, you just need to sit there for five minutes and be consistent about it. And here's how you're going to practice it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. it's none of it's, none of it's one size fits all, not even one size fits most. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. true. So true. <laughs> well, next question. What is that one mom or business owner hack that you have for us? Mm. Oh gosh. You know, I'm going to share the, um, 
I don't even know how I want to call it a hack, but the engagement hack. This is just so important when it comes to being a mom and trying to get things done is engaging your family uh, by making it easy for them to understand what's going on, what's happening. In our kitchen, we have a command center and we have a whiteboard for daily tasks. And that's how we keep track of it. So then everybody knows what's going on today, what events are planned, what chores need to be done, you know, who's, who's going to be where. So I think, yeah, the more that you communicate with them and engage them. And, and my kids now will make the lists. Oh, cool. Right? So you just keep in that process where, where they're getting involved. And uh, it just makes it so much easier. I love it. I love that you're bringing them into that process. Yeah. All right. So if you could do it all over again, what would you tell yourself or what would you start with? I would tell myself to trust my gut. Hmm. It's, it's all going to be okay that you do have to walk through these things that, that the, the, the challenge, the challenge is where the good stuff happens. You know what I mean? That, uh, that success um, is through failure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, uh, yeah, to trust my gut and, and to, I would, I don't ever say that I have regrets or that I want to do something differently because I believe we're on the path that we're meant to be on and we learn so much from what we do. But, you know, that being said, it would be great if I owned my authenticity sooner Mm -hmm. (laughs) than the age that I'm at, but I'm making the most of it now. So it's all good. I love it. I love it. All right. (laughs) Last one before we sign off, what is your favorite app? system or software right now? Oh, goodness. Uh, I wish I, I wish I could just say one because they all kind of play together. I guess I'll go with Trello, but Evernote's a close second because I I use the two of them together. Uh, But I think I'm enjoying Trello so much because of collaboration. And that's like one of those things that I, I can't stress enough that I think is such a beautiful thing and I'm discovering it. I mean, what we're doing right now, collaboration is conversation, essentially. And we learn so much and we grow together that way. And I think Trello really supports that. I've been able to collaborate with so many different people so easily through Trello by sharing boards. Mm -hmm. I think it's fantastic. So I guess that'll be my vote. I love it. It's so funny. If you listen back, for those of you who have been listening this whole time to the Mm -hmm. podcast, pretty much everybody says Trello and I am team Asana over here. <laughs> and that's okay. See, it's One what fits is me. Right. Exactly. I, you know, I, I looked quickly at Asana and I just ended up with Trello and I'm happy now. And you know what? I might outgrow it at some point, but it is a similar concept though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, for sure. And, and again, it's sometimes, and that's one thing that I'll leave everybody with is that it's really important to explore the process that you need first and foremost, that whatever you're doing in terms of being productive, keeping track of things, you could do it with paper and pen. And then after that, you know, then you can pick Asana or Trello or whatever. Yeah. Oh, so brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for just being flexible as a mom, like mom in business. Like I love it. Appreciate everything you're doing. Right back at you, Katie. Awesome. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. For a full recap and show notes of the episode with some helpful tips and tricks and links to what was mentioned, head on over to 1kmom.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would be so honored if you would leave us a review on iTunes 
screenshot today's episode, share it on Instagram, tag us in your stories at Katie and let us know what you loved. Thank you so much for being part of the 1K Mom tribe.